Malaysian Radio. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Um, thank you all for tuning in for episode three. We're back. Um, I hope everyone's having a good week. Um, we have been in lockdown now, what, for like eight weeks? So I feel like my brain is slowly becoming into mush and I'm getting a bit fed up of talking to the same two people every day. Um, <laughs> but it's good. How's, how's your week been, Loretta? It has been an eventful week it has that's the biggest lie i've ever told went to the supermarket four times um <laughs> baked some cookies <laughs> and that was the extent of it but i'm hearing that lockdown might be lifted as of today and today being sunday the 10th of may and all i'm thinking is i'm not ready for that to happen i've not lost enough weight i don't look good <laughs> enough yet <laughs> i've put on weight i've genuinely eaten so much shit since being home because all i do is just like if I'm bored, go look in the fridge, grab something. So, um, and, and gyms are closed as well, which really doesn't help because I usually go there to look at the men and never do anything. So, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> no, cycle. you cycle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I cycle like, I cycled like 12 miles the other day, <sighs> but I didn't sweat a single thing. I was talking about it to my manager. I think it's because I go really slow, so I'm actually not really burning any calories. I'm just cycling. No, like, but it still, it yeah, still takes calories to, ex- to yeah. move on the bike. So you, you, you yeah, got this. Yeah. yeah, thank you, actually. Yeah, you're right. And I'm probably going to go for a run after this, maybe. It's it's bloody miserable here. It's, in Scotland. Uh, it's raining. It's <laughs> Yes, in Scotland. It's raining and... um. It is cloudy, so welcome to the north. Um, But do you want to give a a bit of an overview of what we're covering today? So this week on Blasian Radio, we are going to be kicking it off with coronavirus and... Ah, boo! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Chrissy, boo, boo. I hate coronavirus. (laughs) It's ruined my life. I'm so it bored. Has ruined my life. Coronavirus in the BAME section of our society. And then we're going to do our fun little segment. And then we're going to do a waltz across into the dynamics of male and female friendships. And then we're going to do the worm across into our final topic, which is using the N-word in songs. How does that sound? Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. And for anyone who isn't aware, BAME stands for Black, Asian and Minority Minority <laughs> Ethnic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about why um, there have been a significant amount of deaths in the BAME community from coronavirus when you look in relation to the overall population. So shall we kick it off? Yes. Yes, we should. Let's do it. So before we go into our topic today, um, we just wanted to give a quick tribute to Ahmed Arbery, who um, I don't know if many of you know uh, or have seen this in the news, but it was uh, it's a black guy who was on a jog in uh, Georgia, in America, and he was shot due to the fact that he was black. And that was, I mean, that was in February this year. So it's still 2020. And 
I guess we're just baffled by how this can happen and we wanted to pay a tribute to him and to his family and hopefully he gets the justice that he deserves. Yes, agreed. Uh, I believe the two men responsible are currently being charged with murder. But one of the things we find so shocking is that it's taken the fact that the public has seen it for it to become the spectacle that it's become. And it just makes you wonder how many other times has this happened, but we don't know about it. But mm. we're here to pay our respects. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the fight keeps going. So, guys, me and Chrissy are going to kick off by discussing coronavirus and the impact that it's had on the BAME community. So we'll be talking mostly about what that's been like in the UK, but then we'll probably also, you know, throw in a couple of facts about the impacts that it's kind of having in other parts of the world, namely America. So just to kick off with, I want to tell Chrissy that apparently 17% of all deaths are coming from people who are black or and minority ethnics. What do you think that's about? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And that's that's for the UK only, isn't it, that stat? Although when you think about like 17%, when you actually think about the numbers of BAME people to white people in the UK, that is a significantly higher number. Um, so I think it's mad. Um, I was When it first came out, I was like, oh, this is just propaganda. But then um, as the weeks have gone and the, the studies have increased and they've got more numbers, uh, it definitely does seem that there is a link between um, number of deaths and being from either uh, black heritage or Indian, Bangladeshi, Pakistani, etc. And that's interesting. I mean, obviously, it's hugely sad and we want to pay tribute to anyone who has been affected by this. But I think there's a few reasons. Now, one of the reasons that they've sort of said and thrown out is um, Asians and Black people tend to have like multi generations in their households, i.e., you will have like people from your grandparents' age to young kids. Um, mm. And obviously, a disease that is affecting older people, um, we're seeing that a lot of it is being brought in maybe by the younger people and then affecting the, the older grandparents. Um, but that's just generally the, in, in Asian culture, I know that it's like, it's not, a very done thing to put your pet grandparents into a care home or anything like the rule is you, they come in and they live with you which obviously like there are anomalies to that but um I think that's firstly one of the reasons why um what do you think so I completely agree I remember I remember my mother saying you better not put me in a care home when, when I'm older and that's it's almost a similar culture in you know again I'm only half Nigerian guys stay tuned just learn the other half um in Nigerian culture it's very much you know when your elderly parent is sick you know you you rock your whole world and you know fair enough because they've raised you your entire life to look after them and you know I've, mm -hmm. I've got thoughts about that but again for another day and then but I think another reason that I was reading about and don't quote me but I'm going to quote BBC you know I don't watch the news or listen to the news anymore but I did a quick google and it was this whole thing about how people who are black and, you know, black and minority ethnics, they tend to have underlying health issues such as high blood pressure, diabetes. They tend to be overweight. And I remember reading a poster as a child and thinking, and I remember it saying, if you're from South Asia or from an Afro-Caribbean background, you know, you're more likely to get diabetes. And my question is, why? 
why is it that I'm more likely to get diabetes? No one ever tells me. <laughs> I think it's a lifestyle thing, to be honest. I do notice from like Asian communities, like um, the food we eat is a lot. I mean, obviously it's so tasty, but it, I think it's a lot like higher in fat or sugars or just generally unhealthier because it's not it's not a genetic thing because then that would be type 1 diabetes uh, but type 2 is mainly lifestyle so i think that's a huge factor in it the higher cholesterol the higher um, number of heart disease etc is all linked to the diet um and probably maybe lack of exercise i know from like the older generation it's less of an emphasis in in i guess just generally a little bit less healthy um and that is a big sweeping generalization and i know there's there's people in that that don't stick to that um but yeah i think it's the, the reason that coronavirus is so high in fame is because of this uh these underlying health conditions that they tend to have another thing i saw was that uh, a lot of fame or ethnic minorities so in a, so apparently in the nhs uh, every one in five member of the nhs is from same background and even when you look into nurses and doctors alone it's much higher so I think I think a lot of the healthcare staff and that doesn't just mean doctors and nurses it's also like you know people that work in the hospitals as cleaners or I don't know receptionists or whatever there is a higher number of people there that are BAME background and so they're getting exposed to it more they're working in you know the hospitals where there is coronavirus um and because that number is skewed in terms of the general population, more being in the NHS than in the general population, I think that definitely adds a factor too. Agreed, agreed. I think another thing I was, so a friend of mine had an opinion, again, I've got lots of friends, and she was talking <laughs> about how it's probably because stereotypically, and this might be more of the case kind of in a country like states, um, where people who are black and minority ethnics are less like and the key word for all the haters out there the key word is less likely less likely to have jobs that allow them the flexibility to work from home and if you're having mm. to go and work at you know your white collar job I don't think that's the right color collar I think it's a blue collar job. I have no idea. You're less likely, you know, stereotypically, you know, you'd have someone who is a black or minority ethnic. They would be going to work their supermarket job or their essentially their essential worker job, which, you know, surprise, surprise, a few months ago was what we called unskilled labor. And I think mm -hmm. that's a huge impact as well. You know, Chrissy and I are very blessed. The fact that we have, you know, we work, we work at our big companies with our big jobs and big salaries where we can work from home where we can work from home but that you know we might be seen as the anomaly given our backgrounds yeah I think also our, our last point to say is that I know from speaking to friends um etc that I feel like a lot of Asians aren't taking this as seriously as the white people um and I'm talking maybe a little bit more on the older generation I know specifically Asian dads they seem to think they're invincible I mean we laugh about it with our friends because they're like oh no no this is fine like I could still go to the shops I can still go and do this and I'm like no no people are actually dying but I feel like Asian dads are very stubborn and they think they know a lot more about it and um, I feel like the Asian community and I guess the black community as well aren't taking it as seriously would you say you found that 
No, agreed. I can talk about some a few people I know who are who are black, and they do not give a fuck about coronavirus. You know, they they think you know I'm I'm from Africa, so I don't have to worry. You know, I was built strong, and I just think you're going to die, or you're going to at least kill Doreen from up the road. Yeah, that's the thing. It's so serious, isn't it? And it's not something to be taken lightly, especially in the current climate. So if you are listening and you're not taking it seriously, start listening and do take it seriously. Cha-cha sliding into our next segment. We thought we'd break it up this week because we got good feedback last week from the little segment we did. Um, This week, we're going to do dad jokes. So Loretta and I... (laughs) Loretta and I have picked our very worst, cringy as fuck, dab jokes that we're now going to try on each other. Yes. Kick it off. Today my son asked, can I have a bookmark? And I burst into tears, 11 years old, and he still doesn't know my name is Brian. (laughs) Did you hear about the kidnapping at the park? Uh, turns out he was just tired. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> what do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. <laughs> that was shit. What's <laughs> <laughs> the point? I know a lot of jokes about retired people, but none of them work. That was shit. (laughs) Spring is here. I got so excited I wet my plants. They're funny. Why did the old man fall in the well? Because he couldn't see that well. (laughs) Next, we're going to waltz into our second topic. And just so you guys know that we're not 100% about talking about the race thing you know we like to we like to spice things up you know it's not everyday salt and pepper you know sometimes caribbean spicing i'm not from the caribbean so our next topic is about male female friendships and just to caveat that yes that does include kind of people who are non-binary and perhaps wouldn't fall in to the stereotypical kind of male female dynamic but still kind of have that structure so I just want to talk about essentially the difficulties that Chrissy and I, who both identify as women, female, have faced when having friendships with men. Chrissy, tell me. Yeah, I um, I it's a question I always debate with people. Can you be truly just friends with a guy if both of you, and I want to put this as like a caveat, if both of you are single? Um, because I think it's very different if you've got a male friend and they've got a girlfriend or vice versa. Um, or if you're like couple friends or whatever. But I'm talking about you and a male if, um, you can just be purely platonic friends. Um, so I, I'm, and you're the same. We have a lot of guy friends. We have a lot of girlfriends, but like our group's quite mixed. Um, I think we'll generally treat both the same um i think truly you can just be friends but i do think there will come a time where things 
get weird and one or the other will catch feelings. I don't know. What do you think? I completely disagree with you. Is this our first disagreement? Do you? Yeah. Really? I completely disagree with you. I think you're so wrong. <laughs> I... <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, I think you can have male-female friendships and one of you doesn't have to catch feelings. Yes, it happens. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, you see Ben or Tom or Sanjay and they're looking spicy today. Sanjay. <laughs> I was trying I'm to glad be you diverse. included Sanjay. Good, good. I was trying to be diverse. You know, sometimes you see, you know, you see your male friends now and feelings do develop. I'm not disputing that, but I do think you can have long, meaningful, pure friendships without that romantic aspects being incorporated and that that's a completely different story from people who think friends with benefits is a good idea that's not what we're about but i i actually do think that you can have meaningful friendships with a guy and not have it be kind of you know tainted by the oh i love you i think when it starts to get messed up is when he gets a girlfriend because let me tell you chrissy and all of our listeners the moment that fucker gets a girlfriend he's not your friend anymore let me tell you that from personal experience it's not all the time but you're right i've seen it i've had it's happened to me a lot it's happened to loads of my friends a lot when a guy you're friends with gets a girlfriend you are no longer well it's not maybe you're no longer his mate but it's like you're no longer his top priority in terms of like female friends like but it kind of makes sense though i do think like they now have a girl in their life who they love and they and I can talk for hours on friendships and the dynamics of that and losing friends because I think I genuinely think like um sometimes losing a friend is worse than losing a boyfriend or girlfriend it's um I think it's a lot more emotionally scarring because that is something you never thought would end um but I've digressed but I actually think with male and female friendships, when you think of it like this, like if you are attracted to males, and I don't know about you, but I become a lot more attracted to someone once I get to know them and their personality mm. um, than initial looks. And I think when you have a guy friend who is like, you know, you get on well personality wise, you love their personality, you love the conversations you have and the things you do, etc. Then it's sort of like, well, if I love them that much and they're a guy and and um we're getting on so well, like why don't we try dating? I feel like that's where a lot of male and female friendships break down. I don't know you I know you disagree. Completely. So why though? Because surely that's that's happened to you. So yes it has, but kind of my stance on it is so I've got a friend, you know, he pays for my Netflix account, big guy in my life. And he does all of these, he would typically do all of these things for his girlfriend. Like he would drive her to X, Y, and Z and he would, you know, he, he would do everything for her very lovingly. And it's something I really admire about him. But then someone like me, who is almost always there for him, if I ask you for a favor, it's like, no, fuck you. You're not, you'll literally say, you're not my girlfriend. Why am I doing you favors? And I just think, why am I? And you know, his relationship with his girlfriend inevitably ended which they always do and i was the one who was still there and all i think is why am i a lower class very simply because we're not having 
what sexual relations and i i almost think it's ridiculous i think it's that you know in in no universe will i probably ever date him but i i see him as a very good friend of mine and if he ever needed me i would i would always go above and beyond for him than i would for a boyfriend and i just don't really understand how people don't aren't aligned with me on that yeah Mm, i don't i don't really i just think if you get on so well and you're you know you're really you're really close then surely it's like it always naturally transitions into trying something more and that probably a lot of the time won't work out i just think like that's a natural transition but also we should put out a disclaimer that this means that this is mainly like you know straight female with straight male because i know it's a joke this doesn't really relate to like for example my one of my best mates is gay so this wouldn't relate there but um yeah i i don't know it's a weird one i think it's like don't get me wrong i've got guys in my life um who are it's just completely platonic we're like best mates but I think it can, or it's very easy to blur that line. No, agree. and it's so easily done. I I do agree with that. I I do believe it. It can very easily happen. I won't lie. Every male friend in my life, I have probably at one point or another either had a sweeping romance for, or a, or a little tiny crush. You know, because I I'm very big on intimacy. But my issue is how. See, but there it is. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it will always, there will always be that question in your mind of like, oh yeah, we we do get on well. Why don't we just try dating or whatever? But then once you've gotten past that hump, and believe me, it's a hump. You will get over Sunil or Oliver. It's that you kind of just need to go. We've gotten over this hump. Why can't we now just? And I think just sail through the rest of your friendship. You know. I don't think it has to be yeah. hump and then, oh, crap, we're not friends anymore. Or hump, he gets a girlfriend and, oh, bye, Loretta. Bye, Chrissy. But I always think a friendship is ruined once that happens. Once someone gets romantic feelings for another person. Yeah, or even if you do trial it, I think there's always a, you can't go back to how you were. See that? One part of me really agrees with just thinking about Gossip Girl. And another part of me just thinks, I, I, I think if you want to be friends, maybe it won't be the same, but you still can have some kind of friendship. So now we're going to do the Soldier Boy Crank That into our final segment, which <laughs> I just thought of that on the spot. That's quite good, isn't it? Um, which is going to be about the use of the n-word um so it's mainly going to be focused around in songs etc because i think it's pretty universal um that we don't use that word generally in real life anyway um so i think we're both agreed on that but i wanted to get your opinion on using it if you're singing along to a song or whatever now um what brought this on for me is i think it's a video from last year or maybe the year before from kendrick lamar's concert in alabama um where i'm not sure if you saw this but essentially um he brought on a fan to sing along with him, which he does quite famously at every concert, apparently. And this fan was white. And during the concert, she was obviously singing along and she said the N-word in the song. 
Um, and he kicked her off stage and he booed her and he got the whole audience to boo her, which for me was, I would have thought for her, that's probably the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. I wanted to get your thoughts on that and generally just the way that it's, it's used a lot by black rappers and black artists. And I wanted to get your thoughts on the use of it. So I am one of the black people in this world who believe that under no circumstances should anyone say the n-word and I understand that that's obviously very different for a lot of people a lot of people say you know like we're a lot of black people might say you know we're fighting to you know to reclaim the word to be able to say look you know we've taken it back it's something that we call ourselves you know almost as a term of endearment whereas I think it's very difficult to be able to identify where the line is and I think you're always going to run that risk of and Kendrick Lamar is incredible you know he is the first person to win the Pulitzer Prize for music outside of the genre of classical and wow yeah he's 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 a big boy he's done yeah. some things Fair enough. <laughs> I, I do you know as much as I love Kendrick I I just think if you're going to put a song like if you're going to put a word like that in a song, you are going to run the risk that Margaret or Sharon or Cheryl is going to say it as they're singing along. And kind of just looking back at kind of the news article around what happened, she very much, in my opinion, she kind of said it almost as, as part of the song, you know, I don't want to mess up the song. And he went, he went ballistic at her. I, I thought he was going to beat her with a stick at one point. <laughs> you know? I thought that was terrible, to be honest, what he did. And and I do think it's bad. You know, so I know a lot of black people, so people who have different rules, you know. So I have some friends who go, you know, if you're white, you never say the N-word under any circumstances. But if you're another person of colour who isn't black you can say the n-word in a song you know and i think very much i'm really trying to get away from the dynamic of i'm the spokesperson for every black person and i think a lot of people do this what i really want to say is that i have my own rules which i'd quite like to apply to you know the people who are in my circle but you know there could be you know someone from somewhere else who's black who might say do you know what in a song it's okay for you to say or someone who thinks it's okay for another black person to say. If another black person says the N-word, I kind of go, do you know what, that's your choice. But then I also know black people who kind of think, no, you don't say it because you make it seem all right for, you know, Philip. I'm running out of white people names. <laughs> for, for, for Philip to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. I think the, for me, like the connotations of the N-word I very ignorantly grown up didn't really know. Um, I didn't know a lot about the history of like the slave trade and things like that. And I just, I genuinely had only really heard that word in songs. So for me, it was a, and this is terrible to say, but it was a cool term that black people used for other black people. And then obviously as I grew up and I learned more about the history of it and the fact that it all stems down to being a black slave on a plantation and using that word as obviously a horrible derogatory term I was like oh shit that this is not okay and this is not an okay word to use so I think there's a lot of history that a lot of people don't know and if you are black and you, you 
you know, it is prevalent, you know that history. But for a lot of people, like, we weren't taught it in history. And if you grew up in an area where there wasn't a lot of black people or in your school or whatever, it wasn't something you knew uh, as much as, let's say, Henry VIII's six wives. I think he had eight wives. No, he had six. He definitely had six. Um, And (laughs) I know this because I know all their names. Uh, Anne Boleyn, um, Jane Seymour, uh, there's one before Catherine of Aragon. Um, there's like three Catherines. But anyway, I digress. But I get it. Like you don't. I I don't know. How do you feel when you're in a club or something? And let's say like Gold Digger comes on uh, oh. by Kanye or whatever. I mean, horrible song. But um, and and people say like, how do you feel when someone says it who isn't black? So I actually look around the room to see who's saying it. And I think when it's a non-black person, but then because I, when it's a non-black person, but also not a white person, you know, someone who's, you know, Asian or Latinx, I just think this is okay. Like a part of me is like, mm, okay, like that's, that's, it's actually all right. But if a white guy says the N word in gold digger, I'm like, honey, you can say it once, but then you gotta, you gotta look internally and think, is this right? But I think a song like Gold Digger, it's easy to avoid the N-word. But then there's yeah, there's other songs, like songs by As Soon As Possible Rocky, you know? I just, how do people sing along to that? I, I, like, I've, I've got no idea. And, you know, growing up, there were words that I used to say, like even like, even like the word queer, that's something that's been reclaimed. You know, now it's LGBTQI+. You know, people have reclaimed that. And I do understand what people are trying to do with the, word, with the N-word. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's even like saying the word cracker. I've not said that word in years because I think it's the one. Well, there's Karen now, which I found hilarious. But I think there's just if it doesn't <laughs> belong to you, you shouldn't really say it. But if you're putting it in pop culture, in music, you have to have some kind. You have to have some kind of flexibility around saying it. You know. A few years ago, I did karaoke and I stupidly picked a Jay Huss song. Oh, uh, <laughs> in front of a load of people and I said the word without even I didn't even remember saying it that's the thing like I was just singing along to the song and then someone stopped and went you can't use that and I felt so embarrassed and I was like oh my god like obviously I'm not a racist but I've got I've got made to feel like that and I was and since then like I avoid Jay Huss songs in public because he uses that word a lot and I love Jay Huss but um like I now actively will go out of my head to Go out, go out of my way, sorry, in a song when I'm singing along to never say that word, even if I'm on my own in my own room and no one can hear me, to still to try and teach myself not to. But it's something I think like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to do that constantly if, if I'm trying to like enjoy a song. Do you get me? Like I'm not trying to say like, oh, use that word willy nilly. I'm absolutely not saying that, but I'm saying like if you use it in a song, I mean, really do try and go out of your way to not say it. But if you do, like it shouldn't be something where you're so heavily berated for it. No, I do agree with you. I think I think Kendrick I think Kendrick did some things, you know, at that festival with that with that poor but I think there was an element of with her she had said it multiple times. And but then even when she was stopped, she didn't understand why she was stopped. And I honestly think her saying it it was just because she was so proud to know that she knew the words, you know? If she was really yeah. this hardcore racist, I don't think she would have turned up to see Kendrick Lamar. Exactly. Exactly that. Like I know there's the classic stereotype of like when you call out a racist and they go, oh, I've got a black friend. Or, <laughs> oh, I listen to Kendrick Lamar. And that's it for this week. 
we have discussed um, why there's a significant number of deaths in the BAME community from coronavirus. Boo, coronavirus. Um, Then, honestly, I've really tried to avoid talking about coronavirus in our podcast, but it had to be done. had to be done. I'm just so bored of it. Um, Then we moved into dad jokes, which I hope you guys enjoyed. And let us know if you think we should include stuff like this in further podcasts. Uh, Then we doggied over into boy and girl relationships or friendships. And then we talked about using the N-word in song lyrics. So Mm -hmm. I think we've had had a good session today. Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, so no one sent us an email, but if you want to, send us another email, and that's blazonradio at gmail dot com. One more time for the rich people, blazonradio at gmail dot com. And one thing I have to say: if any of my exes, any of them, want to slide into my DMs and try again, I am ready. I am lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I am desperate. Now is the time. <laughs> Now is the time. It's the, as Kylie Jenner says, it's the time of realizing things. And we've realized like maybe we we let it go too quickly. I'm joking. Please do not reach out if you're one of my exes. You were psycho. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. God, I hope he doesn't listen. (laughs) If you're one of my exes, specifically the ones that live in Zone Two of London, I am ready. (laughs) I will take you back. My standards were too high. <laughs> oh. Right, guys, that's everything from this episode. Woohoo! Until next week, another week of lockdown. Yeah.